Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Midweek War! I am Mad Mike, but I am not mad because we are here to talk Lucha fucking underground. And boy, oh boy, graver consequences. Oh, man, let's get into it. With me, the voice of Inspire for Wrestling, Eamon Payton. How are you, sir? I am as great as I always am talking about Lucha Underground because this show makes me so happy. You can tell Eamon's feeling better because he has Kelsey Grammer hair from the third season of Frasier. All right, and with us is the fr- is our friend in the mainstream media, Matt Carlins. How are you? Well, I- I'm sorry I haven't <laughs> been with you guys in a little bit. Um, for the last few weeks, um, we're doing this little thing in TV news right now. It's called Sweeps. It's the time of year when all your friends in television start to try. Um, but Lucha Underground, I watched it. This evening, earlier this evening, and my mind is still trying, and I think I just need to talk this out and try to find my way. So See the good. Hoping you guys can help me get through this together, because, because, oh, man, it was a lot of information to take in in 45 minutes. It was a lot. Uh huh. The, the good thing about Lucha is every episode feels like it's sweeps week for Lucha because they always try. <laughs> All right. Um. So. Fuck, uh, Matt. We'll start off with you. ¿Cuál es tu una palabra para this, uh, este semana? Thank you for choosing me first. Deathbox. Okay. Is that hyphenated? No, it's one word. Okay. Deathbox. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eamon, ¿Cuál es tu palabra? Uh, my palabra for this week is hunter. Ooh, I like it. Triple H showed up. That's good. <laughs> Time to play the game. <laughs> Time to play the game! Oh uh, my god, that's why he's King Cuerno. Oh. <laughs> just got it. You, if Triple H comes out of WrestleMania 33 with a buck on his head, I'm going to be so fucking pissed. <laughs> you just gave them that idea. Way to go, Eamon Payton. Wow. <laughs> um... Mi palabra is limousine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. In, oh, in the man. long history of limousines on wrestling shows, this was pretty high up there. Dude, I, I tweeted last night when I was watching, this is the most excited I've been to find out who's in a limousine since Nitro in 1998. <laughs> who's driving the White Hummer? <laughs> Oh, fuck. We're, we'll get to it. All right, um, Matt. It's been nearly a decade, and Eamon wasn't even born back then. <laughs> I was a born, time. God damn it. Were you? I was like six, right? Like, like I know. I, 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 had to, I had to give one of my standard were yous. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, Did so. Did it? Right. Did it? <laughs> all right. Uh, um, Matt, uh, qual bueno this week? Um. The opening um, vignette mm. might have Gun been is, is a contender for the best vignette ever in the history of Lucha Underground. I, I, I got to go through my memory box and see if I can come up with what else I got. That was really, really freaking awesome. I swear to God, I could do a whole two hours just just talking about that segment. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, it's uh, just like the, that was the start of just like, oh my god, I'm getting so much information. 
I, I, I don't know if I can get all this in it. Like that, the episode just like was like nonstop. By the way, I'm not more. sure if I'm not sure if you guys uh, caught this on our Twitter feed. I thought that um, Lorenzo Lamas's character was like a top cop. That is actually a city councilman That's by right. the name of Lawrence Delgado. And thank you. Krista Joseph for that insight, my error while watching Lucha Underground, but uh, thank you for the clarification. Um, so, let's get into it. Uh, who's his boss? I'm not. <laughs> who's his boss? <laughs> and why is it Great Cully? the mayor. Why is it Great Cully? <laughs> oh, what? that was literally my first thought. was like, it's, cause he, it's very much hinted that it's going to be somebody, he, he Plays up the fact that I think the line was like, uh, Matanza is not going to be the only one having fun or whatever kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I, I, so it's obviously something of the Matanza level. Like, we know he likes stogies. We know he likes stogies. Um, I also. Question Is it Zombie Big Rick? Oh, that would be good. Is it Zombie Big Rick? Was like, Big Rick. Well, Big Rick was like kind of in on things, right? Like the like well, I obviously I don't know if he was in on the you know the um the like undercover thing for Dario, but like the fact that like he you know was kind of Dario's henchman in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I I also really like this segment because it feels like a while since we've had like one of these backstage segments outside of the temple. Uh, mm-hmm. No, usually yeah, it's something it's in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like usually it's something like in it, it will be in Dario's office or in, in like the weight room or area or even in the bathrooms or like the Jack Evans uh, one. Mm-hmm. But like they went to out of the sort of scene, so to speak, into into a bar, and, and I really like that. Like I I like that it that it's kind of taking things outside of the temple. Yeah, I like oh. this process too, where like what when. On, on Lucha, it's always been Dario's the guy, you know, at the top of the food chain. <laughs> but then now comes Councilman Delgado, and now you see him, Dario's, like, in the same room as him, and he's not really squ- feeling very comfortable about it, and he's very squirrely about it. And Councilman Delgado's got all this swagger because he's around Dario, and then by the end of the show, <laughs> Councilman Delgado is in the back of the limousine, and now he's the one who's really nervous because there's someone else. There's, like, bigger fish and bigger fish and just going up and up the food chain. Yeah. And the thought of, like, having someone, after how much we built up, all right, we got Mil Muertes, mm-hmm. the unstoppable Mil Muertes, and then we got the unstoppable Matanza, and to think that we're going to get an unstoppable someone on top of that just like the food chain is unbelievable and to imagine that there may be an even bigger fish it, out there. It kind of reminds me of Dragon Ball Z in like the best possible way. <laughs> um, like, like I just want to hear someone say I haven't even reached my final form yet. <laughs> I don't know who would do that. Probably Muertes, but... Um, okay, so before we move on from this, do we think that um, Councilman Delgado's boss is an actor or a wrestler? I, I'm going to lean towards wrestler. I got the big impression that it, this is going to be somebody that we're going to see in, a, in an in-ring capacity. Okay. All right. Matt, how about you? Yeah, my gut says it's a, it's a wrestler. 
Okay. It's yeah. just everything points to like, you know, as soon as he starts to compare him to Matanza, you're thinking, okay, this is the guy who's going to get in the ring and. And also, oh, baby, the fact that it's being teased, like that we left on such a cliffhanger as to who he is, makes me think, well, it's going to have to be somebody big that they're going to debut. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now, all right, do we have? Any guesses? Like I said, but getting back to what you were saying now. earlier, Mike, do we I, take I'm that? Great Molly joking, but like any legitimate guesses? I I've no I clue. have one, and I was just reminded of his existence earlier today. No, stay with me, Matt Morgan. That could be good. I mean, Matt Morgan, solid in ring, okay promo. But he's big as fuck. Also, like, like, he would easily be the tallest guy in Lucha. And he can move. He can move pretty well for a big man. Yeah. Also, I mean, we're, we're led to believe that this is going to be somebody new. Like, this isn't somebody from a past storyline that's kind of being reintroduced, maybe. Yeah, it, it definitely seems that way. Okay. Like that that's the that's the Although unless it's gonna like, be someone unknown I mean, like Matanza was. Wouldn't it be like amazing? Sucks. Wouldn't it be just so fucking amazing if it was Del Rio? I don't I, that would happen. <laughs> what if it was? Like 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 that would have been so <laughs> No, you know who it is? CM Punk. <laughs> oh no. Oh no, it's not CM Punk because he doesn't smoke. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, it's uh I, I have no clue, but I'm so excited because I mean Especially after like the Matanza reveal and uh, the payoff to finally revealing Matanza, I feel I'm I'm trusting in the fact that this reveal is going to be just as amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, and this is another one of those deals where the backstage vignettes really pay off because like no one had any clue that this was coming. No one who was in the temple. No spoiler, no hints, no nothing. No one knew. Yeah. Only the people who are in the bubble working on the show knew that this was even coming. So until that episode airs, you just got to digest it now and try to think of what's going to come next or whether we're ever even going to get an in-temple reveal or whether this is going to be something that plays out in the vignettes through the end of the season. That's a good point. We, we may not even see him until like a season three or something. That That's what I was thinking. I, I don't... Like, he might be... Because I don't know if there's much... How many episodes... Are, do we know how many episodes are left? Not as far as I know. I, I have to think we're getting close to... Because, I mean, we've had great consequences. We've had Aztec... Like, Aztec Warfare is usually, like, the middle point. And, I mean, we'll get to it later, but Gifts of the Gods is next week. Yeah. So, I mean, they're they're burning through their big stuff. Mm-hmm. We haven't announced an Ultima Lucha yet, but, I mean, from our talks with the Joseph, we know Ultima Lucha is coming. I, I, I have a feeling we're not going to get to see who this guy is until, like... Like, remember the at the end of Season 1 we had that huge, like, r- like antique roadshow of Lucha Underground with everyone yeah. leaving town? I have a feeling that's when we're getting the reveal. They could be, yeah, I could see that. I, I'm, I'm just really excited, personally. And literally, like, again, like, talking about, like, the, my emotional investment, like... They cut to whoever it is like smoking that cig- that cigar, and then the then the like ending Lucha Underground logo pops up, and I literally yelled, "Oh, come the fuck on! You can't <laughs> tease me like that." 
built up to such like, oh fuck, they're gonna show him, they're gonna show like, because they showed Mysterio like like right before when they cut the thing or whatever. Yeah. When they first showed him, I was like, "Oh, they're gonna show him! They're gonna show him!" And then it just cuts, and I'm like, "Fucking god, damn it!" <laughs> it's, it's really like I love, and I'm sure it had to be Marvel that really like inspired these guys to do it this way. But I love the bug at the end of every episode. Oh, yeah. it's so good! Yeah. It's so good. It. I wish every wrestling company would do that. But then again, I wish I don't I wish they wouldn't because then it wouldn't be unique. It wouldn't be a special. Alright, um so I'm gonna go before you Eamon because I wanna <laughs> get this out there. Uh, me bueno this week. We're doing Cuerno's last hunt, you guys. I love that a lot. <laughs> oh my god. I mean I've always said that uh, King Cuerno, as soon as he showed up, was basically Craven the Hunter. And um him showing up in the special Mil Muertes temple, and like, I don't know, did he inhale the smoke? Did he gain some of the powers of death, and that's why he was able be able to like run with the Dia de los Muertos crew? Like, yeah, I don't know. I I it, I, I I just love the the character trope of like, I love that everyone in Lucha is something. Like like, Mil is like a a. a you know, someone who's risen from the dead. Phoenix is, like, a, a guy who has, like, you know, is, is in many sense a phoenix. You know, driver's a dragon, Aerostar's an astronaut. Like, I love... Hey, like, a time-traveling astronaut. Yes. Uh, but, like, the, the, the Cuernos really embrace, like, the whole hunter aspect of him. And and not just... not just Like, it's not just a thing commentators say to make him seem bigger. No, he is a legitimate hunter, and I really appreciate that. And I love that we got that reveal in the temple. Yeah. Like, that's well, only for people who are in the temple, paying attention. But the fans didn't get to see it. I didn't think filters. they did. Well, no, because they were I think they would if you're paying attention. Maybe, but, like, they were already through the, um, like, through the, the, um, the backstage, oh, like, okay. cutter part. To where Quano took off his mask or took off the hood or whatever, so the announcers saw it. Okay. But but I don't know if the crowd actually saw it, which I think is cool. I I mean I I would imagine if you're in that crowd, you probably see at least a little bit if you're paying attention. Maybe. I oh prefer God. the crowd. In my mind, is a most clueless gang of boobs that you could possibly imagine. <laughs> they have no idea what's going on. They are just there to watch people beat each other up, and they have no idea the real stories that are going on underneath. And to me, that's kind of fun. That's like become like one of the a nice, cool vibe about this season. Well, is, also, oh, go ahead. Because because it feels like it makes the crowd feel like you know they're they're making you know Dario has a Fight Club, and yeah. the crowd is there to watch the fights, and they don't. And the crowd is a character, you know, in the show, basically. You know, they, they're mm. out for blood. You know, Stryker's always saying all the time. They, you know, they love to see the violence, but they don't have a clue what's going on behind the scenes. I don't even know if they really care at this point as a group. Um, and it feels like that's a different dynamic than it was in the first season where I feel like the crowd was a little bit more clued in or maybe they were going more out of their way to kind of, keep the crowd in the loop, whereas this season it feels well, like they're just like, nope, screw them, who cares? Yeah, this, season, this season they're you just know, throwing they're, they'll everything. And, and we'll, we'll tell the story somewhere else. Yeah, this yeah, season they're, they're cool. just throwing everything out there. Like, 
Like they don't they don't even care. Like they're like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to have two undercover cops in a match. No one in the building is gonna know, but <laughs> I know. They have no clue. So good. Uh all right, um, Eamon, Qualis to Bueno this week. Uh I was going to say the Cuerno stuff. Uh, I know. But, uh, that's why I wanted to jump ahead of you because I wanted to talk about Spider-Man. That's fine. But uh, in in fairness, I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll just safely say, like, it's a safe one. But I'll go with Great Consequences because yeah. that match is great. Like, the it was much different than the Phoenix match uh, for obvious reasons. But like, I really still enjoyed it, and I think there was such um, uh, there was such cool different stuff they were doing. Uh, Obviously, I think this is everyone's favorite part of the match was when Matanza is closing the lid on, on Mil Muertes' coffin and Mill's hand shoots through the coffin and grabs him by the throat. He punched through the fucking coffin. I literally don't know how the fuck they did that, but holy shit, that was amazing. That was probably, like, very, like, aluminum... Base like that part. It was. Like had to, I, I'm guessing you'd have to cut it in that spot, or yeah, like, you cut it in that spot and then paint it over to make it look like. There, there are way, there are ways to do it. I, I found I, I I thought it was super cool. Um, uh, I the I, it's funny because it was a very brutal match, but the moment that really made me go like holy shit was one that. And two, when Katrina grabbed that chair and hit Matanza in the back, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Um, can, can I say... Now, now this, is, this is not... This doesn't have to do with the in-ring storytelling, which was excellent. Mm-hmm. But the one part of the match that I didn't realize until about halfway through why they did it, and it's... When uh, both Matanza and Huertes were going to undo the uh, bottom turnbuckle, oh yeah, yeah I'm yeah. like, well, why are they? I'm like, I, I mean, I get it's a violent match, but why are they wasting their time trying to do that? And then I realized halfway through, I'm like, once you take down the bottom rope, it's a lot easier to drag the caskets in. Yeah, I thought that too. Mm-hmm. I as soon as I saw that, I'm like. Oh, that's so smart. But also, I like, think it's just so smart. Like just as a match design, like. That's brilliant. But also in the sense of like, even if it's like if you see that as like, oh, they had to do that in order to get the caskets into the ring, but they sold it in a way where it worked because like them going for the turnbuckle um, uh, hook or whatever to use as a weapon, I think was also like like it allowed them a reason to get that rope down so they could get the caskets into the ring. Yeah, and I think that was super smart. Um, Oh, go ahead. Did we lose Matt? I was just going to say I, I <laughs> totally agree with with Mike because that was definitely something that uh, I remembered from the first Grave Consequences match was that there was a, it was a tight fit, you know, getting the casket into the ring. And I thought it was awesome. Like, the, the multiple sense once the match began, it was cool to see them operate with that much ability where they could just absolutely wreck some of the death boxes and like knock the lids off of them and stuff like that and and render some of them useless. That was really cool and and you know kind of the excitement when Stryker pointed out that we really only have one functioning casket left. We need to you know be careful yeah. with this one. That was cool. Also, um, 
can we talk about the actual storytelling? Like when when Matanza took out Katrina and then oh, yeah. buried the rock. I thought that was I. The minute they oh. did that, I was like, "This is the best." And like thing. and like, Mil Muertes just changed. Yeah, you could see him getting groggier as soon as they put the rock in the yeah. casket. And like, and then as soon as he realized Katrina was gone too, then he went fucking ape shit. Yeah. And you could tell he wasn't like superhuman. He was just pissed off wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like that was like it wasn't the. And it's the... a great, it's a great out. Not, not an out, but like it's a great way to have Mill lose. Well, no, Eamon, Anyone who knows video games knows that even the toughest opponents have that one flashing red area that you have to hit. Yeah. That's what it is. That's basically what it is. Yeah. That is exactly <laughs> what it is, and it's fucking perfect. But no one's gone after that before. No, no, no one has. And yeah, that's why that's why very few people have been able to beat Mill. Yeah. Like uh, that's that's fucking perfect. Like you can, like it's almost like Matanza went to Game Genie and was like, "Oh, it's the Rock." Yeah. Oh, that's how you do it. <laughs> also, gotta give a. I really want to give a. We mentioned uh, in the past Mill Matanza match. Credit to Dario for like getting more involved and like t- like he took like that bump at one point. And he and he got, he got a little bit involved in this match as well. Also, all the credit in the world to Katrina for like taking that chair shot to the back, like, like fuck, like I and like I know she has wrestling experience, but I mean like this is like that's like Maxine from NXT season three, and she's you know getting whacked in the back with chairs by a guy. Like that's amazing. Like uh, all the credit. I mean, to be her. fair, she does have the ability to disappear. So that's fair. And that was the other real amazing thing, because for those who didn't see it, uh, so Mill loses, gets put in the casket, they're taking the casket away, and Dario opens the casket that Katrina's in, and no one's in it. She's gone. She is ghost. Literally. But ah! but was the rock but was the rock still in there? I, no, he's, that, he's that still was my Baywatch. question. He's filming Baywatch. Well and that was going back to the Mill punching through the casket. That was the thing where I was like, "How the fuck did they do that?" Because unless they, unless they unless it was a case of they let her out of the casket, and it was like a case of like the audience kind of knowing, but like, I I want to think there was a trapdoor, but I thought trapdoor maybe, but I was you know that's probably the only thing. Because was wasn't it like leaned up against? It was, yeah, it was like leaned up against the um, the apron. So I guess the if if that's the case, maybe they put a trap door on the bottom end yeah. so she could go under the ring. Yeah, that's what I assume. Maybe that, that's what I'm assuming. Like like because because after she was put in that co- get coffin, all the attempt all the attention was drawn to the other side of the ring. So that she makes could sense. Just, she could just pop out and duck under the ring real quick. Yeah, I. Uh, but yeah, at that moment I was until I until we were discussing it now I was like, how the fuck did they do that? Like, uh, brilliant, really, really brilliant. It was really, really well done. And and uh, the Katrina Mill backstage promo, like talking about like like the fact that they were going to get immortality out of this. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to see. Uh, yeah. Um, can we talk about um, 
telling us all that she's 197 years old? Yeah. Yeah, um, so Katrina's a ghost. Or a so specter. She's, so she's or 197 guys, years yeah. old. Uh, by the way, looks phenomenal for her age. I was going to say... I, I mean, like, like I, credit where credit's due. I, I think I brought this up on, like, a past episode of this review, but, like... So she's basically, like, that movie Orphan. Well, you know what? All right. Um, did either of you watch Game of Thrones? No. So... <laughs> I, I, I just watch shitty horror movies as, as, as of the reference I just made. That's a fair point. Um, either Katrina is a ghost or she is a witch. I'm um, leaning more in, towards witch. In the Game of Thrones universe, there's this character, Melisandre, who is a stunning redhead woman until she used up most of her powers and had to revert to her actual form which is a decrepit, wrinkly old woman. So it's like a reverse version of that. Kind of, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I'm leaning more toward ghosts just based on the the uh, disappearing powers and lightning fingers and all that stuff. But who knows? I, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I, I never handle a ghost. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. But yeah. <laughs> oh, Making her 197 years old kind of eliminates one of the more common theories about her relationship with uh, another character on the show. And I don't know. Well, maybe Phoenix I, maybe is, I should maybe, do the maybe math. Phoenix is older than we think. You have to remember, Phoenix is... Li- Let's face it. Everyone on this show is a bajillion years old. Hey, hell, if Aerostar can fucking time travel, maybe he mm-hmm. took a younger Phoenix and put him in a in a... In a older, uh, or yeah, of a newer environment. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe Katrina's like Captain America, and she was frozen in the ice. <laughs> we gotta stop. We, we don't stop. know. <laughs> we don't know. We want to know more. Chris, know Chris, more. Chris, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I am not sorry at all. Because I told him we were going to have theories on this show. And boy, howdy, do we have theories. Um, so I, I also really love we have not even gotten to a bat this week. Nope. Yet. Nope. So, speaking of, Matt, Koala's too mala. Uh, and nothing, really. <laughs> really? That's fair. I've done it in the past. Alright, okay. Eamon, do you have one? Uh, I do. I, I struggle to come up with things that are bad. It's not a bad. Okay, bad's a bad's a kind of weird. Word. It's a relative term on this show, but yeah, yeah it's this is, it wasn't bad. Uh, I I I I just really wanted the opener to be a bit longer. Yes, that was my only. Thing. I can understand why they only have an hour, and I feel like they did a lot with their opposed to the listening to our impact. Uh, uh, Discussion on the movie board this week, and we talk about time and wrestling shows. They did everything they could with their time that they had this on Lucha, um, so I don't blame them. I just, re- I just kind of wished it would have been a little bit longer, or we would have at least gotten a little more from Joey. Yeah, you know what I mean. All right, um, Mimalo is going to be the field for the gift to the gods. Hmm. Um. I, I'm not, like, based on where we're sitting with the Lucha Underground title, where you're basically having um, undead demons, immortal phoenixes, super-powered, like, Jason Voorhees, 
and whatever the fuck was in that limo. It seems like the field for the Gift of the Gods is a bit underwhelming. I mean, maybe, I that, maybe that's just me. Because you have Sexy Star... Well, here's star. the thing. Well, because to me, Sexy Star is the standout for me. To me, when I look at that lineup, as far as people who I really want holding that belt and to contend for that championship, Sexy Star is the one that sticks out to me. Right. But I think of the last Gift of the Gods uh, 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 title match... Other than Phoenix, was there like and, another... and Cuerno? Cuerno had. Oh, that's right. Cuerno was in it. Well, I, well, I mean, I'm talking about the seven way. Yeah, well, I mean, we've only had one seven way match for the, but Phoenix is, even saying, then was okay. like the clear standout. Like he was right. the only one to have beaten Mil Muertes. Like right, that's what I'm saying. Is like I feel like that's what we kind of had then. Like maybe maybe Sinestro, in a sense of like. In, a, in maybe a sense of, like, trying to get back that belt, but it, it, it... You know what I mean? But, well, also, that's an interesting thing with Sinestro. Like, Mills in a casket, Katrina's fucking disappeared. Mm-hmm. I, I'm interested to see what's going to happen to him. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know. It just seems a little... And plus, the fact that we're already getting the match, like, are we going to have another segment where everyone puts their medallions in the little magnetic belt? Because I really hope so. I feel like we're not. I feel like we're at least going to get another week because we still need to figure out what's going to happen with Cage and Chavo. <laughs> oh right, yeah, forgot about that. Uh, but I, I mean, they, they said the gift of the gods is next week. Did they say it was last week? Yeah, I they said it was that. next week. That's yeah. why. That's why I'm a little concerned. I mean, I guess Cage winning it would be cool. Yeah, or maybe I could all Cage. I could I could see Chavo winning it because if they play of what they played up with him and Dario, you know what I mean? Like playing up that whole idea of like I'm gonna I I'm not gonna be a disappointment sort of thing. Yeah, I don't know. It I just could seems... see Chavo winning it and then immediately having to defend it against Cage. Something because like, that's the other thing to keep in mind. Just because they have, just because they win the belt, doesn't mean they're gonna cash in. Yeah, no, I know. It's just, we've had it's just the field seems underwhelming. I don't think it's underwhelming. I mean, I like the lineup. I, I mean, I think it's gonna be a great match. Oh yeah, don't don't get don't get it twisted. <laughs> it's gonna be a great match. I just feel like they're creating a vast difference between the world title people and the people going for the gifts of the gods. That's true, but also you have to keep in mind that the people who are... Like, we have a legitimate monster. That's true. As the champion. That's so true. anyone really going for that is going to be kind of... Yeah, I, I guess it's, it's like when Brock Lesnar was champion. Like, right. Um, like, unless you're just, John Cena, it's going to be an uphill battle anyway. It's just a case of how okay. much it's going to You know? Yeah. Okay. Alright, um, so uh, Matt, uh, Qualis do Cambio this week. Do you have one? Tienes cambio? I think he stalled. Yep, I think he did too. Okay. Uh, I'm, like, I'm, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Okay. Are you? I, I feel like I am. I'm I, listening to you guys. You, but we can hear you. Yeah, we Matt, can hear you. Matt, what is your cambio? Um, geez, oh man, that's tough. Pass. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I get my combi out. That made no sense. Okay. 
<laughs> Thank you, Jen Carlin. Um, I am going to say uh, I would have liked a, uh, like a backstage Johnny Mundo promo. Yeah. Just I just want to hear him talk. Just selfishly like hear him talking about taking people at Slam Town makes me happy. So. <laughs> now, would you have prefer it before or after their match? Either works. I mean, I mean, either way it would work. I also re- okay. We didn't even talk about the trios match. I know. I, I was gonna get to it with my okay. cambio. So okay, you can go ahead. Well, no. Um, my uh, cambio would just be like I would like to see how this developed. Like, what was the choosing process that had them pick Johnny Mundo of all people? Well, I think Johnny. I, like I feel like there's a lot of other people they could have picked. Well, I I got from commentary that Dario assigned them Johnny Mundo. Oh, okay. Well, that makes a lot more sense. Because I don't think they would have picked Johnny. Yeah, I don't think they would have either. I kind of got the sense that they just wanted to get this rematch out of the way and just move on. Like, it feels like whatever happened with Angelico getting injured has kind of forced them to change maybe what their plans were. I'm sure they'll right. come up with something, but uh, it felt like they were trying to get past the rematch deal and I will say yeah, I really like what could what could come from this. Oh well, we're gonna get I would imagine a tag Ivalice team and match. Taya. Well, and no, more tag match. and Havoc versus Taya and Mundo, which will be great. Yeah, I I really love the like Matt Striker talking about the fact that Taya, like her attitude is a lot like was a lot like Ivalice in the early parts of Lucha Underground, and Ivalice has kind of advanced as a character to being more of a fighter. Like, I love that. I love that so much. Like, Ivelisse is almost the evolved version of Taya. Yeah. Um, I, I also love that while Ivelisse was in the ring with, like, um, Dragon Aseka and Havoc was in the ring with Rey, all the respect. Like, yeah. I, I love that part of it. And then Mundo comes in, and it's just a stark contrast. Yeah, and yeah, even yeah. even 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 at least like stop Tyre from attacking someone. Like, no, we don't do things like that. Like, and then he at least goes to stop Ray Mysterio from doing a six one nine. Yeah, like it's clear that you know Evelise wants to be because she has that past. Like, yeah, yeah, I I, I really loved it. Uh, uh, also, uh, Dragon Azteca continues to be fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I that dude is out of this world. I was actually super shocked that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember any direct Rey Mysterio, Johnny Mundo contact. No. I, I don't remember so. any. They, I'm like, the, that's big contact, the big contact was Puma and Johnny. Yeah. And they played up the whole fact that they were like the kind of the big feud in Lucha of the first season. And that's shocking because, I mean, we all remember from WWE. Ray and John Morrison had really good chemistry in the ring. Well, yeah, I mean that was that was Morrison's first feud. Like Eminem came to interrupt Carlitos Cabana yeah. and attack Ray and Eddie. Like yeah. that was their first fucking match where they won the tag straps. I kind of like it though. Like oh, I, I like love it. it. I love it. it. I was it just feels like the Johnny. It. it feels like the Johnny Mundo character has advanced beyond. Like this was the guy from WWE. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's not. He's no longer like, well, this is the star power. Like, this is the guy that's important because he's from WWE. He's just another character in Lucha Underground. You know what I mean? He yeah. feels more a part of the company now. You know what I mean? 
It's like when Bubba Ray Dudley transitioned to Bully Ray in TNA. Yeah. Or it's like when another way, like it's like when Chris Jericho kind of transitioned in when he came to the WWE. Like he was still kind of considered to be like the WCW guy. Okay. Yeah. 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 And and then he finally adapted, and now he's he's more synonymous with WWE. Mm-hmm. Like for me, Johnny Mundo is more synonymous with Lucha Underground than he is with WWE. I mean, he's still he's still the first CCW champion to me, but that's okay. <laughs> Kidding. Jesus. kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. Um, so hey, I, I did come up with my own uh, with my change. Oh, okay. good. Um, I didn't like um, the fact that they tried to present the Prince Puma getting tagged in at the very end of the trios match as kind of like this passing of the torch. Really? Um, like a that. star is born kind of moment because, uh, like, in my that. mind, Prince Puma is already a star. He is mm-hmm. already. Like the Mac Daddy of Lucha Underground, he's the best. Um, even though he doesn't have supernatural powers, so he can't handle the the, the title scene anymore. But um, um, I, I I didn't think that was necessary. I didn't think it was I didn't see it as like a Star Is Born kind of thing. I thought it was like a gesture, like a hey, I'm willing to you know I don't have to be the one to do it. Like yeah, yeah but, but I I understand, but, but Matt those words, commentary those words came out of Striker's mouth, so I was yeah. kind of like, oh, okay. why they did well, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah Striker put, put it way over the top, and it was unnecessary. I, also I think, think that um, that's fair, but I do like the I I like it's a, the ability of them to work together as a trio. I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Like it does feel like they're on the same like it's it's literal past, present, future. Yeah, exactly. It's literally that. Like, it's literally then, it's now, Lucha forever. Ele- it's Lucha Evolution, Mike. Yeah. It's then, now, forever. That's, That's what fantastic. it is. <laughs> I think, um, also, I think if if El Dragon Azteca and Prince Puma are going to come out in animal costumes, Rey Mysterio has got to man got, up, and he's got to find himself an animal costume. He really does. So they can all come out looking like college mascots. He he might be, be saving you for he might be saving you for Ultima Lucha. I don't even care if he comes out in like just a giant foam question mark outfit or something like that. Well, no, Mike that. Mike mentioned it before. He's he's got the whole bird thing. Yeah, yeah. Mysterio's got like the giant like he has a bird on his mask. Oh, that's right. Yeah, like that's a legit thing. He just might be saving you for Ultima Lucha because if you remember, Rey Mysterio always saves his big deal. For like a WrestleMania or something like that. I was gonna he say he can just come out in that. He'll come out in that thing he wore at WrestleMania 22 when POD brought him out. Well, I was actually gonna mention that because at Toys R Us we still have that fucking Rey Mysterio figure where he's in a giant Lucha Eagle costume, and I'm like, yeah. I bet he's got that in Mothball somewhere. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean he can easily. He, I'm sure he's just saving that for Ultima Lucha. I would guarantee it. I would guarantee it. Alright, so, um, was there anything else that we didn't talk about on this, Lucha? Because, holy shit, we've gone, like, almost an hour. God. Uh, I think we covered everything, pretty much. Okay. Alright, uh, so, Eamon, now, where did, where, where did you possibly rank Lucha this week? Uh, I don't know. Um, what am I saying? I know, it's number one. Of course yeah. it's number one. It's a fucking great show. Watch it. Yeah, um, Matt, how about you? Where'd you rank it? Uh, that's a stupid question. It's number one, of course. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, Matt actually only watched one show this week, and he made sure it was Lucha Underground. 
And me, I, uh, I now prioritize Lucha Underground over watching Monday Night Raw. Yeah. I, I, I skipped Raw for literally three straight weeks. I never missed an episode of Lucha Underground. Because Lucha Underground is my favorite wrestling show on Matt, the planet. And Matt I, as I've stated many times, I will take up arms to defend Lucha Underground. Haters are not welcome here. I will fight all of you. You don't understand what you're talking about. This is the best thing that's ever happened to professional wrestling. Thank I'm, you for Lucha Underground. Thank I'm, you. I'm booking Matt Carlins versus Jim Cornette for Mayhem Mania 2017. Bring it uh, on, James E. <laughs> Tennis racket versus microphone. Um, Lucha is number one for me. If there was something higher than number one, it would be that. Uh, just because I could literally write pages of fan fiction about who the councilman is talking to in that limousine. I, I could literally write dozens of different answers, and I'm pretty sure all of them will not be as clever as what we get. <laughs> Do you guys want to just, like, throw out a name? I already did. I'm saying Matt Morgan. I'm saying it. That's that's my guess. That's I, don't even, I don't want to even come close to think of a name. Like, I'm I, trying to think of something plausible, something ridiculous, plausible. It wouldn't be a wrestler. Oh, oh, oh! We're thinking like, like, like non-plausible, like actor. Oh, Tarantino. Actor, Tarantino. 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 That is my. That's that my is dream. The ultimate. The ultimate big bad is Tarantino. Just yeah. sitting. That would be never seen on screen. Only a voice. Yep. That voice sounds familiar. Uh-huh. Um, I'm gonna hope that it's uh, Danny Trejo, and. Uh, but he's already been in the temple before. Even better. Even better, oh, okay. he's like he's like sneaking in. Sneaking. What if it was like um, trying to think of somebody who's actually come out of wrestling? What if they snatch up like Eric Bischoff to do this spot for them? Oh, Eric oh. Bischoff is in the Lucha, 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 don't. Lucha Nitro. You know, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I again, we say this with a lot of things. If anyone could make it work. It would be this crew at Lucha Underground. You're trying to think of like a guy who could who will be able to walk out into the temple and everyone knows who he is. Temple environment and will get the reaction worthy of all the buildup that has come before because the temple will have never seen any of this. You know, so it's got to be someone big, or they're going to have to prime the live crowd for what is to come. So we'll see what happens. But but I I just had that thought in my head trying to think of like some. Wrestling centric, uh, big bad, but we'll see what it is. I mean, unless this happens like in the world of Machete, and it's just Charlie Sheen as <laughs> Carlos Estevez. God, that wouldn't be bad either. No, no, Eamon, you haven't seen Machete. Oh, <laughs> you no, need to watch Machete. Trust me, it would work. <laughs> it would totally work. <laughs> it would absolutely fucking work. Are you kidding me? It would be amazing. Um, all right, uh. So, Matt Carlins, where can the people find you and your floating head on the internet? Uh, thanks, Mike. Um, you can find me on the Twitter, at Mainstream Matt, with one T. And, uh, hey, if you're wondering, what happened to that Pentagon Jr. guy? Um, go to IndieWrestling.us, check out the Around the Indies column every week. We bring you a multimedia journey through the weekend that was in independent professional wrestling, and it's a lot of fun. It's words and pictures and moving videos sometimes. Only the good parts. We don't mess with any of the junk. Uh, we try to keep it clean and lean and fun to read, 
and uh, everyone seems to enjoy it, so it's a good way to catch up on what's happening on the scene, and uh, you go check it out. You can see what Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix were up to over the weekend, and you can watch EC3 um, well, talk crap on NXT and uh, Triple H. It's lots of fun. And uh, if you want to hear more about our thoughts about that, you should tune into the Wrestling Mayhem Show proper every Tuesday night. Uh, we had a big discussion about that last week. Uh, and also, you can catch me at MadMike4883 on the Twitters. Uh, Eamon, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Eamon2Please, and also check out Inspire Pro Wrestling and InspireProWrestling.com. Also, stop by our brand new ProWrestlingTees.com store. Uh, we can get t-shirts and support us monetarily, because we would really appreciate that. Alrighty, so, for Eamon Payton, for Matt Collins, I'm Mad Mike, and send us your fan theories for next week on The Mid-Week!